0: Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of the Sassanac Files. This is Rebecca. And this is Chelsea. And we are here talking episode 106, The Garrison Commander, which happens to be one of my favorites. What about you, Chelsea? Yeah, I really like this episode. It's completely different from any other episode of Outlander, so I really enjoy that aspect of it. This is going to be a good conversation. So, um, but before we get into that, Chelsea, why don't you tell them where they can find us? So we're all kinds of places. You can find us on Google podcasts. You can actually just type us into your little Google search engine and it'll pop up with our latest and greatest episode. You can also find us on all your typical podcast platforms, iTunes, CastBox, Spotify, and of course, Podbean. That's our home. That's where we record So check out any of those. And then also, whenever we post our newest episode every week, we make sure to post a link to the website. So for those of you that don't have access to an app, you can just find us that way. Okay, so Chelsea, do you want to start us off? Sure. So we pretty much just start this episode exactly where the last one left off. and. I'm not a big fan of cliffhangers, but this kind of cliffhanger I can sort of get on board with because you don't miss anything. It's just right where it left off. So, And I thought yeah. it was funny because <laughs> in this moment, Claire saves Dougal's ass. And you could see it on his face. He's like, she could have just said, yeah, we're holding her against her will and I would have been dead and that would have been that. Uh, but instead, yeah. she says... No, I'm a guest of the clan, Mackenzie. I'm fine. And at that moment, I don't know, it's almost like she earns his respect. You can kind of see it on his face. And he's like, Well, if you're going to go with these red coats, then I'm going to go too. So away mm-hmm. they go. And what I noticed was. They earned her respect by being Jacobites. That's kind of something I noticed this round was like, whoa, she actually did this nice thing and it didn't hit me until now that it could have possibly been just because she realized who they were and what they were doing and just went from there. Yeah, her whole voiceover whenever they're heading to the little village in, and she's talking about how she's found herself being comforted by their presence almost because they're kindred spirits in a way. She spent many years in the British army, and she's saying they're known as Redcoats, not Tommies, but she still feels a connection with these people. And I thought that was very interesting, a good connection to draw to her past. And then also she points out that while they're still in Scotland, the tables have kind of turned. Dougal is now the outlander, and he's in enemy territory. She's sympathizing with him a little bit, but I'm sure there's just a teeny tiny little bit of her that's like <laughs> Yeah, totally. What I Oh my gosh, this line bothered me. So when they get to the inn that they're at, Lieutenant Foster, is that correct? Mhm. Okay, so he says, "Let each man take care of their horse because I don't trust them with the enemy basically." And I'm like, "Do you really think the Scotsman would have treated your horses like shit. They don't like you. Why would they treat these animals disrespectfully? So I just was, this round, I was extremely annoyed with that comment. So whatever, Foster, at the moment. And they get into the room where all the, um, I wrote down that they're all the popular kids, (laughs) quote-unquote, even though they're really just stupid. Redcoats with funny opinions. Okay, so... She walks in and all I kept thinking was just all of them going like, oh, look, a woman. We're not alone with all these men right now. And what's his name? I don't even remember his name. The really pompous one Um, was just like, hello, we have an English woman here. I just, oh, my God. The whole scene was like, seriously. Lord Thomas. Is that who you're talking about? Yes. Yeah the hypocrisy in the whole conversation was just mind blowing to me. I don't know if it really hit you. But like, to me, I was like, holy crap. They're basically saying all the Scotsmen are just like, you can't talk to them. They're not reasonable people, blah, 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 and all this stuff. And I'm like, y'all are crazy. You guys are going into their land and all this stuff. I don't know. It was just funny, The Watching it all play out, the conversation between him and Dougal, and how he's just really talking to Dougal completely just disrespectfully. And I love that Claire really did go, um, excuse me, <laughs> hold up. Yeah, I felt like for the first time when Lord Thomas like reaches out and kisses her hand and calls her a lovely English rose, I'm like, that you're <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> That's what I thought. They're all literally looking like Claire's a piece of meat. Like they haven't seen a a decent woman in their minds for so long that they're like, "Ooh," you know. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, it gave me the heebie-jeebies. I was like, they're all looking at her like, Ugh. and then yeah. Whenever they start talking to Dougal, I feel God like it. he he intentionally broadened his accent. To get under their skin was almost how I felt like he doesn't normally talk like that, you know, and then just all of a sudden he's talking to where they can't understand him. So I kind of felt like he did it on purpose. And then just to like to stick the knife in further, he was like, yeah, so you can call me this, but in this situation where we're at war, we're equals, so whatever, <laughs> you know?
1: He's yep. like, you're not any
0: better than I am, so go fly a kite. And it just kind and of gets worse, this exchange of insults. It's alpha male testosterone fest is essentially what's <laughs> happening. One thing after another, and then he brings in the kill, and then... And oh, what a yeah, that. Oh, my God. Which... Put to light, why are people asking Sam this question so much? Because if you're thinking it's funny in the context of the show, you're actually insulting him. Like, yeah. I know it's obviously insulting Sam because it is really none of our business. If it was our business, he'd make it our business. Why do people what care? This is this is what I want to know. Yeah. Why do you care if he wears underwear <sighs> or not? <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag personal <laughs> question. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Uh, and, I don't, again, uh, if... Again, if people are trying to be funny, within the context of the show, it's actually not. They literally say it's insulting to ask a man what's underneath his kilt. So you're just being a jerk when you ask that question. Just Perfect. in general. No more, no more asking that question. Like, Gosh, the kilt yeah. looks nice. Let's leave it alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, anyways, I literally could not care less. About that question yeah. and why people ask it blows my mind, but whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. If I had a two minute window in front of Sam Hewitt to ask him any question, that would be the last question that would come to mind. Yeah. You know, yeah. whatever. Yeah. I'm getting yeah, off my yeah. soapbox now. No, you can stay on it. We can just move on to the next topic. <laughs> <laughs> I'll step over to my next soapbox. Yeah. I love mine it's just right here I live on it it's all good okay <laughs> okay so what I found hilarious about this entire situation is that they're back and forth back and forth back and forth and then Claire's mm-hmm. like okay enough and the only thing that these two can agree on in the entire conversation is how bossy Claire is <laughs> oh my god when Dougal said yes yeah, she does and he had this smirk on his face I'm <laughs> oh <no>. you are <laughs> ridiculous <laughs> oh Lord Thomas just looks at him like, what? Like, he's so lost. And we're like, yeah, mm-hmm. she's bossy. Mm-hmm. It's fine. So uh, she's eating dinner with all of these guys. She gets the great news that Lieutenant Foster is going to escort her to Inverness. And she's like, you know what? I think I'll have, I think I'll drink to that. Lord Thomas says this line, essentially saying, may nothing else hinder you on your travels. And then in walks Blackjack Randall. It's like, Fucking oh, A, are fuck. you kidding me? <laughs> damn it. Like like shit. I went, oh shit. <laughs> it's very I went, uncomfortable. I wrote wah, wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> I Yeah, I was like, this is pretty cool that they're willing to help her and all oh, this is nice and then damn it. And the one thing you notice right away is that BJR is not one of the quote-unquote popular kids. Like, he is legitimately the outsider. Nobody likes him. And you can tell he's super insecure about this in a way. Like, it kind of shows. I don't really like this analogy, but the thing that came to mind was really, like, he's the geek in a room full of jocks. You know what I mean? It was just, ugh. It was horrible. Yeah, (laughs) I I kind of felt bad for him a little bit, but at the same time, like, you're an asshole, so. My whole thing is that if we didn't know any history of blackjack and setting aside everything that happens later in the series and everything that happens towards the end of this episode, like I really feel like I may not like be best friends with him, but his snarky ass comments, like if you haven't noticed, Lord Thomas is an utter ass. <laughs> <laughs> Just comments like that, or by all means, we must protect the Claret. I hope I'm to your satisfaction now, like, you know. Yeah, he's such a smartass, and I like that about him. Nothing, I like nothing else about him, but I like that, his smartassness. Yeah. The way he just kicks off the dirt is just, you're right, he's just snarky, is what's going on. (laughs) (laughs) Or when he, like, leans out the window, dumps out the wine, and then just looks at her and drops the bottle. (laughs) <laughs> he's like Oh my bitch please. <laughs> like what was the point of that to just dump it out and then throw it out the window? Oh my because god. Because he fucking yeah. could. That's why. He's like, that's his entire game. It's like I'm gonna do what I want and nobody's gonna stop me. Yeah, he's a he's a scary dude. I did this whole episode just was so uncomfortable. Oh goodness. Because okay. you're so uneasy with him. And you're like, I don't really know what you're going to do. But at least the first time I saw it, I went, he's legitimate. Oh, wow. Like, look at this. And then, boom, you just 180. It, it freaked me out a little bit. This guy's amazing. Who is this actor? But, like, this round, I, like, sat with the unease. It was just, uh I was in it. I mean, I knew what was going to happen. But, like, you're uncomfortable the whole time because you're like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Especially with. The whole series in context, it makes you even more uncomfortable. But if you don't know what's going to happen, you're like, I just, I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh my yeah. God. When they're all sitting around the table and the whole topic of Private McGreevy comes up, that entire series of events and like topic of conversation is completely controlled by Blackjack. He sees that all of these guys are basically in the palm of Claire's hand. And he's like, okay, what can I bring up that's going to put me in the driver's seat? Hmm. Because I don't like this chick. Something's off about her. He's very conniving and calculating. He's so smart. It's disturbing. Uh, and he he literally brings up this topic. He knows this is the one thing that's going to bring the tone back down in the room and be like, oh. God. And then manipulates Claire into saying things. Yep. He knows that she isn't your typical woman. And he goads her into saying the wrong thing to raise Lord Thomas's flag. And
1: uh, yeah,
0: she's just being her progressive self. And I can't say that I wouldn't have been goaded either, because I'm one of those people that you poke me enough, and I'm just going to lash out and of course, Claire said the wrong thing, because when does Claire say the right thing <laughs>
1: in this situation? Yeah.
0: He, he knew exactly what he was doing to get her to say something. And then he finally got her by saying she was having sex with Dougal, which I never Ugh. actually heard him say before. I don't know why it never registered, but I went, holy fuck, he actually accused her of having sex with Dougal. And that would have upset me as well. Like you said, he's very smart. He knows exactly what he is doing to command the room. And it just. In that moment, even Lord Thomas was like, whoa, you just stepped over a line. Like, seriously? And he doesn't apologize. Like, he's just like, oh, if I'm wrong, I apologize. But you know that like, he clearly doesn't think that he's wrong. Or he knows he's wrong, but he's not going to put that out there, like, because he made the accusation to compromise her reputation in their eyes. So it's all very calculated. Yeah. Each thing that he says, you can see the line of thought. He's like, I'm going to say this so that this happens, so I can say this, so this will happen. It's all very planned out, and it's it's masterful, but it's crazy the way his head I- works. It's nuts. Yep. So Uh, this little private walks in. He's like, sir, there was an attack. And uh, (laughs) probably one of my favorite moments of the episode was when Lord Thomas is like, these people do anything. And Blackjack's like, yeah, it happens all the time. It happens at least once a week. And Lord Thomas is like, yes, thank you. I have read the reports. (laughs) Like, don't (laughs) treat me like I'm a dumbass. (laughs) <laughs> but he is. He's kind of a dumbass. Like, It was almost kind of like, why do you think I'm the leader, dude? Like, yeah. Yeah. He, like, makes it perfectly clear. He's like, I outrank you. I don't have to answer to you. They very ob- obviously don't like each other, which just mm-hmm. adds to the entertainment of the episode, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> and Claire does her thing. She goes and is the healer. She knows what she's doing. And... Man, that poor guy. The poor guy needing to get his arm sliced off. Oh my goodness. Even before that, Dougal asks Claire if she's okay. Like, are you Mm alright? I saw Randall go up there. It's just, it's fascinating to me. Like, they know BJR is not a good guy and that he will go over the line. So, I just find that so interesting. Dougal was like, BJR's up there. Are you okay? (laughs) Like, Well... And I think that in the context of the episode, like whenever you see it happen, it's kind of a little jarring because it's like, oh, all of a sudden now you're concerned for my welfare. But then as the episode goes along, we see that Dougal was there when BJR whipped Jamie. Like he's seen what he's capable of. He was there when it happened. So then when you look at it in that context, it kind of makes sense. He's like, okay, so if this guy would do this to a guy, what's he going to do to a woman, you know? Oh, yeah. So it's like, are you okay? <laughs> are you all right? He's yep. very reluctant to even leave her in the building. He's like, we need to get the hell out of here. And she's like, almost not, na- she's very naive. And like, he's not, it's fine. You can go, but I'm going to stay. Mm-hmm. It'll be fine. Um, yeah, you protect yourself, Dougal. Make yourself scarce and I'll stay here. Stupid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And I was going to say about the guy getting his arm amputated. So, yeah. I watched this in my living room for the very first time, and I have surround sound in my living room. And the sound of the saw, I was like, oh, God. Oh, man. Ooh. <laughs> like I just kept wincing. It's like, uh, that got me because I've never listened to it in surround sound before. So, there are a couple of things that I noticed, that I hadn't ever noticed before, sound-wise, in this episode. Uh, Yeah, it's pretty gnarly. I was literally going like, (laughs) like, I just, Mm -hmm. I want to be done now. And it was interesting to just have her there among the men. And I'm sure they were like, who is this chick? She's just here holding this guy down. Yeah, that's that's an intense moment. But after it's all over, we go back upstairs, and Blackjack is there being shaved by this poor little Corporal Hawkins. That was so uncomfortable to watch. I was like, what is going to happen right now? (laughs) He is so mercurial. It's, It's insane. He's just like almost unhinged. He's fine one minute, and then when he gets cut, you can see the poor little Corporal, he's like, oh, shit. He's shaking. He's like, it was an accident. It was an accident, I swear. And I'm like, who has he seen him flip out on that he's so frightened? You know, like, I want to know what the story is behind that. Because clearly this guy is about to pee down his leg in terror. (laughs) I just felt so bad. Yeah, like, I'm sure he's heard stories. I mean, I don't know if anybody can make the rumor more intense or whatever through, like, you know, gossiping. Sometimes it just, like, magnifies. But with Blackjack, I don't think anything can get magnified. He just, he does what he does. What made that moment even more intense for me was that he made the boy sit in the chair. And then he was so steadily, like, shaving him. He's being very intense with it and very intentional. And then all of a sudden... He snaps the razor closed, pats him on the cheek, and sends him on his way. Like, oh, no big deal. Nothing's happening. And it's like, yeah, oh, my God. You know, just on the razor's edge, it's one way or the other. One thing's going to push him over one side or the other. It's very, I don't even know the right he... word for it. He's just mercurial He's... in his temperament. He's very, un oh, I don't know. He's calculated. I think there's a part of it where he's doing it on purpose, but we'll realize in later episodes, he's very much like, I will control certain things. This is not going to happen. I just think he's very calculated. And in this instance, I think he knew full well what he was doing with having the guy shave his face when Claire came back. I was like, you're such an asshole. I just went, because it's just so uncomfortable. I loved Mm -hmm. that in the middle of all of this, we get that one flash of Frank when Claire first walks in the door and she sees the razor and she sees Blackjack, And then she thinks of when she was shaving Frank with that very same razor. I think that that sets the stage for what happens later in the episode. I was reading the official companion of Outlander and there were some very interesting points that were brought up, but, um, yeah, I think that that flashback was very crucial and critical to the audience's perception of the rest of the episode. Yeah, I liked that cute little flashback. That would be so uncomfortable. Like, poor Claire. I actually wrote down, like, the mind fuck going on right now. Just, that would be hard to handle. What a brilliant thing Diana did, writing that Blackjack looks exactly like her husband. Like, What good drama that has in there, even though I really feel bad for Claire, because that would just be horrible. Dang it, I did good. That was so smart. (laughs) And I think that, so Tobias looks so young. I'm not sure how old he is, actually. But in the context of the story, Blackjack is middle-aged. He's in his mid-40s when all of this is happening. And then Jamie and Claire are in their early to mid-20s. So he's a good deal older than them. Which I feel like is often missed a lot, but uh, also an interesting little tidbit for those of you that were wondering. Interesting. I did not actually know that or didn't have that register from the book, so that's pretty cool. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But also, like, it's it's hard in the show to even think that Jamie is as young as he is because Sam doesn't look 22. Katrina doesn't look 27 either, not that they both look old. I just assume she already kind of looked like she was 30, you know what I mean? After the corporal leaves the room and it's just Blackjack and Claire, it's very, very clear that this is when the cat and mouse starts. He's like, oh, well, let's be honest with each other. Uh, And first off, I wanted to apologize for how I behaved when we first met. Trying to put her at ease, be like, I feel really bad about what happened And I just want to let you know, I'm not normally like that with people, you know, just trying to retract his first impression, basically. Yeah. Which, I'm sorry, buddy, but if you try to rape a girl, she's not gonna forget that, no matter how many times you apologize. (laughs) Yeah. I forgot the specific word he uses, but he's not that way with women. I wrote it down. He said, I'm not a casual person towards women. There we go. He's, yeah, so he's telling up. the truth. Exactly. exactly. He's going to do what he wants. It's so like, he is so like, That's, oh. this is what This is what blows my mind, is that he's telling the truth. Think about what yes. Frank told Claire. Whenever you are interrogating someone or being interrogated, you stick as close to the truth as you possibly can, so they can't differentiate lies from the truth. And when Blackjack is talking to Claire, he said, A, I'm not a casual person towards women. B, he says, I look forward to the opportunity to reveal my true nature to you. Not, I'm really a good person, I swear. It's, I look forward to the opportunity to reveal my true nature to you. He, oh my God, I wrote that line down. I'm glad you said it. Seriously, on rewatches of season one, that is needed to catch all this random stuff that happens, especially in this episode, because we get more of Blackjack. But like, ugh, it puts everything into perspective. He is just such a dick. He's a freaking creep. Good (laughs) Lord. He's a smart one. He knows very well what he's doing. He's a fantastic character because he's so screwed up. Like, you could dissect his behavior in every single line that he has. There's a double entendre to everything he says. It's amazing. He's a great character. It's just... Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. He makes you intensely uneasy because you never know what he's going to do. It's crazy. Tobias is phenomenal. And I... Yeah. Yeah. He's amazing. He really is. Uh, So they're starting this interrogation, and... The look on his face, he's just really trying to figure her out as she's talking. And then all of a sudden, he switches into French, asks her if she can speak French, and then she says yes. But then he kind of looks at her and is like, okay, saying yes in French doesn't mean you can speak French. So she keeps going. And then he's like, in French, essentially tells her, well, you don't look like a prostitute. And then switches back to English and is like, yeah, you don't look like a girl who would rouge her nipples. And Claire's like, oh well, I guess I should at least say thanks for that. <laughs> God. Oh, God. God. This was what I found interesting that I didn't catch, that, like it didn't actually hit me. When he asks her what her maiden name is, she freezes because mm-hmm. all she's been telling everyone is her maiden name. So, of course, she can't make up one. Yep. So that's why she kind of, goes into something else and he goes madam this isn't helping you don't ignore what I'm asking you you're just digging yourself into a hole (laughs) like when all of that happens there's a split second when Claire goes into her look I know it wasn't smart to say the things that I did but I'm honestly a loyal subject of the crown and she's talking about this and there's a moment just a split second of genuine confusion on Blackjack's face. Like, he can sense that she's telling the truth, but he doesn't know what part of it is the truth and whether to believe it, you know? There's just a tiny little moment in Tobias's eyes that I caught, and it was really great. God, man, the stuff he does with his face with BJR is just so brilliant. He does this thing with his mouth, like he chews the inside of his cheek, And he doesn't do that as Frank. It's a tell. And, oh, it's so fascinating. Just all the little facets to Blackjack that separate him from Frank. To where, like, even the way he holds his face is different. It's insane. Yes. You can can immediately tell that's Blackjack. Like, there's no moment of confusion where it's like, oh, is that Frank? Like, no, you can tell it's a different character. It's crazy. It's so cool finding out he wanted to be a mime. And I'm like, this totally makes sense now why you're the actor you are. You're very physical. This is awesome. Uh That's amazing. I didn't know that. (laughs) Reading his interviews, hearing him talk is just awesome. I'm like, you wanting to be a mime just put you way higher on my list of cool people. (laughs) Like, you're great. (laughs) Oh, my God. It just makes him even more endearing. You know what I mean? This was one big scene. It's just, it's amazing. Like you said, this one big scene, a lot of times when you're shooting it, technically, you'll break it up into a, several different snippets so that it's easier to reset and switch camera angles, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. This scene between Claire and Blackjack, it was written by Ira Stephen Bear, and he said that This episode was really daunting to him because it was very obvious from the time they started cutting episodes in the writer's room that the Garrison Commander was going to be completely different from every other episode that they were going to have this season. And he was very apprehensive about it because he wasn't sure how to approach it. He knew that there had to be a cat and mouse angle, that it had to be a character piece, but he wasn't sure how to go about writing that. And so he talked to Ron Moore. And Ron Moore told him, you have to look at it as a one-act play between these two characters. So when Ira Stephen Bear started breaking down this episode, that was his in. He started with this scene. He knew there had to be a very long conversation between Blackjack and Claire. He wrote that as a single act. So when you're looking at the script of this episode, this is an eight-page scene. From start to finish, and they would do action, do eight pages of dialogue, and cut and reset to do it all over again. That's a long scene for those of you that don't read scripts. Eight pages generally only happens in theater. You hardly ever get eight pages on television or in the movies. So that's insane. And it really, this is what iris said he was like i just knew that i had to do it i had to write it like that and then put it in katrina and tobias's hands and trust them as actors to do what needed to be done and that they would do it to the best of their ability and it would be fantastic it's so cool to hear this uh ron is so intelligent Mm because when you're sitting there watching it i was thinking that last night i'm like this is basically a play is what's happening it's just them two I you could have watched longer than an hour of just them two in this moment together it could have been the entire episode basically it just Mm -hmm. yeah so Katrina said that in this entire scene between them what she wanted to convey in her portrayal of Claire looking at Blackjack her lens is she's trying to figure out how much of Frank is in him. So that's her motivation through this entire scene. She's trying to play on his sympathies, trying to bring out his humanity, because that's Frank. That is Frank to a T. He's emotional. He's got a soul. And so she's searching for that in Blackjack through this entire episode, only to find out that it doesn't exist. But that's her lens. So I feel like that's very important for a a watcher to know yeah. whenever they're questioning her motives. And what's crazy is Blackjack knows this. I mean, he knew right away how to talk to a woman because that would have gotten me. I would have been like, oh, he apologized. Okay, let me see like, what else is happening here. <laughs> like, Right. I just... Here was something that I didn't realize was a show thing until I read the book was that BJR knows how to draw that was an ad in the show. And I just thought that was kind of a brilliant thing that they added a little bit more unease into the moment because like, he's just, while she's talking to him, bullshitting completely, this is all bullshit. Now is what she's saying. because She doesn't know what else to do. Basically. He takes out a tiny little like knife thing that you could cut butter with and like gets his pencil and just starts drawing her. And it's unsettling because he's not paying attention to her anymore.
1: And then mm-hmm. he
0: goes, look at it. Let me tell me what you think, you know? And she goes, wow, well, you caught my likeness. And he goes, I shall call it beautiful lies. What I want to know is how does he actually know that Dougal is a Jacobite? That's what I want to know. Because he says, I know about all this. I know about all the collecting money. But how? How does he actually know this? I'm like, we never really figure that out. So Yeah, you do. Was- you just haven't put oh. the puzzle pieces together yet. Oh, okay. So while BJR and Claire are still talking and blah, blah, blah. After the whole beautiful lies incident, he goes straight into, okay, clearly you're not going to tell me who you really are. Here's my price of admission. I want to know what you know about Dougal McKenzie and his men being Jacobites. This is my price. If you tell me this. You can go about your merry way, but I want Dougal McKenzie's head on a spike, is essentially what he's saying. And she says, I have no idea what the hell you're talking about. I that, I don't know if they're Jacobites. They're not even speaking English around me, dude. Like, That's when he makes the comment, I would not believe you if you said that night was dark and day was bright. Yeah. Which is just like, basically seals the deal. You're not ever getting out of there, Claire. <laughs> it's just not gonna happen. Yep. So, he was never gonna let her go, anyways. No, that was his. No, no, he never. W- he was not going to let her go. That was just the end of that. He found that random woman in the woods again. Yeah, I'm still trying to figure out if this was the smart thing to do. She makes the comment. Well, I once heard that you laid a hundred lashes upon a hundred lashes on a poor Highlander boy. I don't know necessarily, like, I've heard the argument, well, she basically just screwed over Jamie. But honestly, when I think about that, no, not really. She didn't say anything about Jamie being the one that told her that story. She was, she's been at Castle Leak for the past couple of months. And that's Jamie's family, and Blackjack knows that. So chances are she's heard the story from one of them. She didn't necessarily have to hear it from Jamie. So that part of it, I don't necessarily agree with that argument. I'm just trying to figure out if that was a smart line of thinking, like a smart way to push the conversation, you know? I think she got herself in more shit is what I think. That just Really screwed her over. Honestly, I didn't even think about it from Jamie's perspective. I was like, she didn't say anything about him. She could have heard it from anybody. I completely agree with you. But anytime she's ever said that, and I've seen however many times I've seen this episode, which is a lot, I always think, like, it just put her in that hole even deeper because just the look on Blackjack's face, like, oh, she's heard this story. And he probably could be thinking, like, did she hear it from Jamie? Did she not? Did Dougal tell her? Like, it just. I think it just kept her there. It's confusing to me because she brings up the story, but then she doesn't admit to knowing the full story. She's just like, I just heard that he stole a loaf of bread. Because Blackjack's like, well, if I catch your meaning, like that poor boy is a wanted murderer and thief. So I don't really know what her point was. Like, I think she did it in anger and then was trying to back out of it. but. I don't know. Sometimes Claire just says things, guys, and what she needs to do is shuddy. <laughs> like, For real. <laughs> until she has a plan, okay? I agree. I think it was partly emotional. But I don't know. I, I... Let's talk about um, the meat of this conversation. We finally see what happened to Jamie. And, guys, if this scene doesn't make your stomach clench, I don't know what will, honestly. Like it's, seeing Jamie's back get split open by a whip. Ugh God. It did make me go, ugh, but mostly it just made me want to cry. Because right. like it doesn't fuck it's you. not like the most <laughs> disgusting thing you you've ever seen, but it makes that's the only way I can put it. Like it you get a pit in your stomach. You're just like, oh my god, the fact that a person would do that to another person, that's insane. Again, context of the whole season one. Mm -hmm. I was like, holy crap. I love watching these and doing a podcast because it makes you really sit there and look at stuff. And again, a rewatch of this season is so needed with everything that gets said. Like that moment, there's a reason why it was as intense as it was. Mm -hmm. The format of all of this is that they filmed a bunch more scenes all related to this, but then they cut to them at different points through the season when they talk about different things. So they filmed all of this with the garrison commander block, but then there's a section in Lollybrock, which is in the back half of season one, where they come back to these scenes and there's, Another section somewhere, I can't remember what episode it's in, where they also come back to these scenes. Yeah. So it's a very formative set of events for both Blackjack and Jamie, and obviously affects Claire because of how it affects Jamie. So it's very interesting to see this event. This is, up until this point, is the most life-changing event Jamie has ever experienced. So, of course, it's going to affect all of the characters, but I just find it interesting. That it's kind of a snowball effect. You get a little bit more here and there throughout the rest of the season from this point out, but it's all comes back to that day at Fort William. I want to know how they actually did all the blood. Is that special effects that as well? Yeah. Or did. So it's a mix of prosthetics. I think yeah. the initial, like when, Sam takes his shirt off at the very beginning. That's prosthetics. And then I think that later on, some of it was prosthetics with like this skin coming off of his back. Um, Yeah. Which gives me the (laughs) heebie-jeebies thinking about it. Yeah, I don't, I don't like it. (laughs) But when the cat of nine tails hits Jamie's back and the blood starts pouring out, I'm pretty sure that that's computer graphics. There was a section in the companion where it said that there was quite a bit of computer graphics and special effects involved in that scene. And it was so odd because they said it wasn't necessarily to protect Sam. It was to protect Tobias because Tobias gets so into these things. They had to give him knee pads to wear during that scene so that when he would slip and fall in the blood, that he wouldn't hurt himself. And they Mm -hmm. had stuntmen dressed as red coats in the crowd, strategically placed so that if he fell off of the platform, they could catch him before he got hurt. I think, didn't Sam say, like, he got hit a little bit? Maybe it wasn't meant to hit him in one spot, but he did get kind of hurt just a little no, bit. No, I'm, I'm sure he did. I mean, because they can do prop whips, which are made of a soft material. But still, you think about it, if you get hit enough times, even with something really soft, it's going to hurt. Yeah. And it's going to leave a mark. So yeah, I'm sure that he was a little sore after that. There's so much trust they would have to put in each other. Mm-hmm. They don't know each other as people. But as actors, you have to trust that the other person is, I don't know, just actors share so much more than just scenes. It's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> this is another person that I have to go, okay, what kind of actor are they? Wow, they're really method. Okay, so here I am going to let them do what they're going to do, just like I would need him to let me do how I'm going to do this. So it's, it's interesting stuff to think about. I was thinking about the whole reason, supposedly, that this is happening to Jamie is to illustrate justice. And I was thinking about how the crowd is just so absolutely disgusted by what's happening that I don't really think it's doing the intended job because honestly, it's just stirring more resentment and disgust towards the British that they would do this to a guy. So um, that was kind of my thought when I was watching all everybody's reactions and stuff. It's like, Yeah, it might frighten them, but it's also pissing a lot of people off. It's like, are you serious? A hundred lashes a week ago, and then you're going to give him another hundred? That's... Yeah. It's to the point where, and this is something else that the writer of the show brought up, it's important that those background actors, with their reactions to what's happening, is critical to the entirety of the episode, Because you're seeing that while it was common for someone to be lashed as a punishment, this was almost unheard of. This was disgusting. This didn't happen. It was cruel. Even for a time when punishments were notoriously brutal, this was still beyond brutal. And so it was important to get those reactions for the audience to understand that. That it wasn't commonplace for something like this to happen. Seeing Dougal look, watch all this happen, just that had to have been so hard. With tears in his eyes, his face was red and he, his eyes were watery. And that was like, <sighs> when I saw that, I hadn't ever noticed that before. It, but that got me. It's fucking annoying. I don't like Blackjack. <laughs> <laughs> and then Blackjack has the audacity to tell Claire all they could see was the horror, but I could see the beauty. It's like you are what a fucked up individual. Seriously, oh, such man. a fucker. And she's sitting there crying. They have this whole conversation about the rehabilitation of Blackjack Randall. He, there we go. Talking about how he knows it's screwed up, how he's behaving, but he can't help himself, and he feels a little bit more of his humanity slipping away every day that he's. In Scotland, essentially. And whenever he's recalling the story of whipping Jamie, this is the other sound mixing that I noticed. Even though you're not seeing it, you're just watching Tobias narrate the story. You can still hear the crack of the whip in the background. Mm. Like, you're in his head. It's crazy. Seriously? Mm Mm-hmm. Interesting. Whoa. I'm going to have to go back and check that out because that's intriguing. It's at the part where he's talking about creating a masterpiece. Gotcha. We're thinking he's okay. And then he punches her. Did he have you fooled at all? I mean, as a show watcher? Uh, The first time I for sure was like, holy shit. For me, honestly, just for him to punch her in the stomach shocked me. Because I don't remember actually seeing anything like this before. I mean, yes, in, like, films and stuff, you see women get abused. But, like, there was just something different about this moment that, like, jolted me the first time I saw it. But this but this round, honestly, I was like, I knew it was coming. It's still right. awful, and it sucks. But, yeah, for sure the first time, yeah. I think what it is that makes it so disturbing, I'm, like you said, you see... Abuse and physical violence and stuff in TV and movies all the time. But nine times out of ten, when you see those things, it comes from a place of emotion. There was no emotion involved in this. That's what was disturbing about it. It was cold and it was calculated. He knew yep. he was going to do that when he helped her up. While he was telling her everything, he already had that plan. It was just... Mm-hmm. Ugh. God, I'm glad you said that because I thought the exact same thing. He calls the younger officer in, and the poor guy just would never hurt a woman like that. Like in this scenario, I don't know how the English felt with their women, but like, we know how the Scots were if they needed to punish them. Um, which I find the irony in that kind of ridiculous. But um, he brings the younger man in and tells him to kick her, and he just like lightly does it. He's like, "Ah, this is a woman." Lightly, and then BJR just goes, "Like kick her!" Like the way Tobias yells like that is like, "Oh my god!" And he just kicks her, and Claire's obviously out of breath, like she's trying to breathe. And then how does he wear it? He says, "See, they're so soft." What a dick! <laughs> it's <laughs> completely Ugh. disturbing. It's so disturbing. I can't even. His face is like well pleased. He kicked her too, just like I did, and he just had this like, you know how he does that breathing thing that BJR does, and just mm. they're so soft. And then Dougal comes in. Which, I was like, Dougal, thank God! Exclamation mark! Exclamation! Mark. But like, why do you even leave in the first place, dude? like that's where it got my thought process going the weird irony there with you know don't do this to a woman but if she doesn't listen to me I will whip her with my belt punisher it just doesn't make sense in my brain and I went it's okay rebecca just let's go over here <laughs> yeah so Dugo comes in saves the day yay and they're both riding off how did you like about that moment wasn't it funny i found it hysterical <laughs> i'm with claire 110% on this she's like Seriously? All I had to do was drink from a magic spring for you to believe me? <laughs> like, why didn't you tell me before? We could have saved ourselves a lot of time. <laughs> uh. Oh, man. Yeah, when that uh. happened, I'm just like, really? Of all the things, this is what convinces you? That's nuts. Yeah, the war chief of the clan, kind of what we were talking about in the previous episode, where. He's kind of like Jamie, a man of the world, yes, because he's the war chief, but holds on to some of that, you know, superstitious stuff. It was just funny to hear him talk about it. Like, mm-hmm. you drink from this, then your guts will burn. Like, duh, how do you not know about this? You're a healer, <laughs> like, right? <laughs> yeah. So funny. Oh my god, when he says the idea of grinding your corn does tick. Does it make sense to you now based on the rent conversation about the song they're singing? Yeah, a little bit. That's where the reference comes from. He actually (laughs) added that line. Like they were saying it and then Graham tells them, I'm going to say this. And Katrina didn't know anything about it. And so I wonder if she was like smirking because the camera was not on her. And he's like, he just (laughs) had this look on his face. (laughs) God. So when I'm, I'm genuinely curious. So when Dougal says, in order for us to not have to turn you over, we have to turn you into a Scott. And it's quite clear that she's going to have to marry someone. What was your honest reaction before you found out that it was Jamie? Did you think it was Jamie? Or were you severely confused? (laughs) hell no. I was like, what is happening? Ew, Dougal! But mostly I went, wait, what? Like, hold up, what's happening? Because it happens so fast, but like when she asks, are you telling me I'm gonna have to marry you? And he goes, no, not that I wouldn't mind that. That's when it kind of started to unfold, but really I was just basically like, wait, what's happening right now? Because even the way before he takes Claire out of the room, and they're over there at the water, he's like saying, you can't touch this woman on Mackenzie land. You can't do that where there's going to be a war. There's just a lot of etiquette that we don't have now. So it's mm-hmm. like some of that just wasn't registering yet until it was just being said, like, she asks him the question, like, I'm going to have to marry you. And he goes, no. But like, it made me think he could have made her marry any of those single guys. Why is this happening? Because he basically can force her to do anything right now mm-hmm. just to save her life. And he chooses Jamie. To me, it's a little confusing, but maybe just to help her feel more at ease. But I don't feel like Dougal is that person in a sense. So it's like. No, it's, it's very calculated. There was a reason for yeah. it. Yeah. Yes, and we find out later. I know why. Yes. We I know do. why. Yep. <laughs> yes. What a fucker. <laughs> it's annoying. Dougal doesn't do anything that doesn't serve Dougal. That's all I gotta say about it. Yeah. And, like, I actually love that Claire goes, you've been talking to Ned Gowan, haven't you? And he's like, yeah. Like, he doesn't know all that, like, lawyer lingo. It's it's Um, hilarious. And I love the music that's playing when she's sitting and Jamie shows up. I'm like, oh my god! I just love you and you haven't been here the whole episode so high. It's nice to see yeah. you again. Um, the last time I saw you, you were getting your back split open by a cat of nine tails, so I'm glad you're alright. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was thinking when I saw Jamie alive and well, walking up with the sun glowing off of his gorgeous red hair. So... They're both talking and Jamie basically says he'll marry her because she's his friend and he's done a lot for her and just what a sweetheart and she's going wouldn't you want to marry somebody else like don't you have and he goes no like I'm I'm on the run barely any money. I'm a great catch for you. (laughs) I love that he he says the line. What kind of friend would I be if I left you to that mad bastard Randall and cheers his yep. cup and shot back his whiskey? <laughs> yep. And and that tells you right away it is because he genuinely just cares about her as a friend. Mm-hmm. Yes, we know, like, from the looks he has with her is that he does like her, but genuinely they are friends. And I just, I love that. Okay, no joke. This was the reason why I decided to continue Outlander in general when that happened, because I was about to give up. And then this happens, and I go, well, shit. What else is going to happen now? I have never seen anything like this on a show before. That blew my mind. Because, like, who does that? And what guy would say yes to playing a guy like this? To me, it just kind of was interesting, because that's not broadcasted on TV or movies very often and shown in this way. I just, it blew my mind. And so Claire goes... Well, doesn't it bother you that I'm not a virgin? No, as long as it doesn't bother you that I am. (laughs) And every single woman watching this went, what the fuck? And Jamie just did a mic drop and walked away. (laughs) And he just had, well, he says, this is a great line. He says, well, I reckon, reckon one of us one should get what, can what doing. they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, oh. uh, uh. The look on her face. She's like wide-eyed, just looking at the ground like, what the hell do I do with that? <laughs> Shit. Well, oh yeah. god. And like going back to when I first saw it with my friend, I went, what? And she goes, uh-huh. And I'm like, what? Uh-huh. And I went, no way. Oh, God, I won't ever forget that moment. But like, he just walks away with a kind of, well, he smirks a little at first and then just kind of walks away like, well, I just told her, so she should know. And I love how they ended this episode. Such a perfect ending, good music. She's walking over to all the men. And this is classic Murta in situations like this, he's smirking as she's walking away with the alcohol. And Jamie just had this look on his face like, oh, she's, she grabs the alcohol. She's not happy about this. But Murta's there like, this is going to be fun. I felt so bad for Jamie in this moment because it's like, I'm sure that he had really high hopes that he knows how he feels about Claire. And she's yeah. being forced into this situation. And clearly from her storming past all the guys grabbing the alcohol and walking away. Like he's like, Oh, she's not excited about this. Like this sucks. You know, like I didn't ever want to have to get married like this, which kind of leads into our next episode's discussion and his actions there. It just really makes me feel for him because it's like, that really does suck on his part. Like he's getting to marry somebody that he cares for. But as far as he knows, she doesn't reciprocate. So that kind of, Right. sucks it was it was a bummer to see that on his face before we see Myrta smirking about it it sucks but I also feel for Claire like that this is not her goal at all she just wants to get back to her husband in the other time period why is this happening to me like is basically <laughs> what she's thinking I'm just so excited because deflower Jamie this is great um like that was my thought at the end of the episode I was like deflower Jamie time this is exciting oh my God. <laughs> I just, I know, poor Jamie. Loved the music at the end. Loved how they ended it. Because I've seen extra little bits at that end where they kind of, a deleted scene where they stayed on her a little longer while she's in her head thinking. And I'm like, no, that would not have worked. That would have totally killed the shock of the moment of him having said, I'm a virgin. And then you go from there. Just perfect ending. Outlander, just good job. That concludes our analysis of the Garrison Commander. But as always, we gotta talk yummy moment, quote of the episode, and best performance. You wanna go first? Yes, I'll talk mine first. Um so my yummy moment, I feel mildly guilty, but at the same time, I'm a woman seeing who is attracted to men. When Jamie is standing there about to get whipped by Blackjack. I had a moment there when it was happening where I went, he just really has a nice chest. And <laughs> then I was out of that moment again. So it, it, I felt guilty, but at the same time, come on, Sam. You really do look nice. So does Jamie, let's be honest. Jamie looks good. What I find ironic about this entire thing is, yes, you are 100% right. Sam has an amazing peck area. And whenever <laughs> Sam huen was first cast for this role, one of the chief complaints of all the haters out there was he's not buff enough to play Jamie. I would just like to take a moment to tell all of those people how wrong they were. I hope that you have atoned for your wrongness because he's phenomenal. <laughs> 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 I, I'm actually shocked by hearing that, because he is pretty buff. He, I mean, he's more buff now, now in the later seasons, right. but, like, right. season one, he looked good. I just, I was solid. <laughs> he was cast, like, probably a good nine months before they started filming, so he said when he found out he got the role, he immediately started, like, he was always fit anyway, but he immediately started packing on muscle, because he knew he was going to have to, yeah. but... Like, guys, don't ever be hating. Another thing was they were all like, he doesn't have red hair. And I'm like, that could be fixed. So, yeah, don't be <gasps> hating on people. It's fine. It's Hollywood, you know. They'll figure it out. Yeah. I just love that he was the first one cast. And they were th- that was the character they were most worried about. Mm-hmm. was They're not going to be able to cast Jamie. And guess who they get? Sam walking in the door, owning it. It's great. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> what is your yummy moment, if you have one? Um, mine was the last scene, whenever they were, <laughs> when he said, what kind of friend would I be if I left you to that mad bastard, Randall? And I'm like, <laughs> I love that. That really showcases Jamie for me. He's just like, I'm not gonna leave you to fend for yourself. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like, He's so cute. He is. Um, what about your best performance? I actually think we're going to have the same one. If we don't, I'm going to be shocked, uh, because mine's Tobias. Oh, yeah, totally. (laughs) Uh, How could it be anybody else in this episode? Like, good lord. It Uh, was clearly the leader of the popular kids. Um... One thing that I forgot to mention when we were talking in the episode analysis, but I think it's fitting to mention it here is that they did an interview with Tobias about this episode. And he said that in that whole eight page scene with Claire and Blackjack, he really goes in depth into his character and gets into their head. And he said that Blackjack likes to play games and he views other people as his intellectual opponents. And he views Claire as worthy of that. So it's very interesting, the back and forth between them, keeping that in mind that he views Claire as a worthy opponent in this game that he's playing. And yeah, so it's kind of interesting that you can see it. I refer to it as the cat and mouse, but it's essentially the same thing. Um, It's just, it's all a game to him. The fact that Bjr even finds her a worthy opponent is very interesting. Like in a, Mm -hmm. I wonder if there's like partly where he likes her because she stimulates him Mm -hmm. in the mind. You know, yeah. For the same reason. For the same reason that he likes Jamie, they're not easily defeated, and that's what he likes about them. Because he wants to defeat them. Ugh. But it's a challenge. That's what he likes about it. Did you have a favorite quote? You know, I had a hard time picking one. There's like three different things that I really liked from the episode. I just don't have one in particular that was my absolute. Did you have one in particular? I had an absolute and then I had like three others that were pretty high up there. My winner was the truth carries a weight that no lie can counterfeit. Oh, goodness. That's intense. I think I'm going to go with, I reckon, one of us should ken what we're doing. Because it's just funny. (laughs) And just perfect. But, like, really, the two blackjack lines were my other choices. And that was, um, I would not believe you if you told me that night is dark and day is bright. Because that just was so, like, he just told her exactly what he thought about her. But also just the way he says, I shall call it beautiful lies, just was so, uh, just, yeah. What was your honorable mention? I had two. Uh, The first one was, if you wish to hear a Londoner speak, perhaps you should have stayed in London. (laughs) (laughs) Dougal's so cute. (laughs) Oh, man. And then my other one was, I'm just afraid I'll freeze stiff before you're done talking. Was that another Dougal line? No, that was Jamie when he was on the whipping post and Blackjack was trying to intimidate him. Yes, that's right. That's right. Okay. You had a good mixture there. (laughs) I did. I was proud of myself. Normally, they're all one character, but I had three characters this time. (laughs) (laughs) All boys. I'm so proud of you. (laughs) (laughs) Well... That officially brings us to the end of our episode analysis. But before we part ways with you guys, as always, we will shoot into the Sassenack Files recommends. Did you have anything for them this week? Yeah. I mean, it's either someone's cup of tea or it's not. It's a UK show that only has six episodes, but it was released on Netflix in 2016. Um it's called Crashing. And it's made by the lady who did Fleabag, which I'm super excited to watch. And it's definitely very British in some ways. And in other ways, I was actually very intrigued by it about these group of late 20s, early 30s living in a hospital. There were two characters in particular really annoyed me. I just was like, y'all are just irritating. I hate when people mess with other people's emotions. Just tell the truth. If you have that opening and that conversation is there, then talk about it. Don't go, oh, no, I don't really feel this way. Blah, blah, blah. You know, no, don't do that. Just stop. And then don't don't fuck with each other's emotions. I don't like that. People's hearts get hurt very easily. But there was also a couple of the other people that I really enjoyed. So, if that's your thing, um, it's not hardcore British humor, but there's enough of it in there for, for me to have even gone, like, wow, we are totally different <laughs> country-wise. It's fun. It was six episodes. I didn't completely dislike it, and it just made me think even more like how I would want to write my characters when I start writing scripts and stuff. So, that was fun. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, what about you, Chelsea? I watched a show last night called The Genetic Detective. It's on ABC. It's a brand new series that just premiered. And it's true crime about cold cases that like old murders and stuff where they actually collected DNA from these cases. But they happened back in the 80s and 90s when DNA wasn't really a thing yet. And so they are using commercial DNA databases like Ancestry, 23andMe, etc. And this database called Gendex. And they take the criminal's DNA and pair it up against DNA that's in these databases. And then they have a a genealogist backbuild their family trees to come up with suspects. And this is how they caught the um, Golden State Killer. This happened a a few years ago, but it's helping to solve cold cases all over. And so it's very fascinating. Um, I like true crime anyway, and genetics and family trees kind of fascinate me. It's a hobby of mine. So to see it on TV, it's really. Really interesting, and they actually talk to the genealogist that is helping solve all of these crimes, and she kind of walks through how she came to her conclusions and um yeah, it's really cool. you guys should check it out. super interesting. sounds cool. I like stuff like that. It's just man, DNA has really helped a lot, <laughs> like for sure when all that started, cool, cool, all right, you ready to wrap this thing up? Let's do this. Well, thank you guys for joining us for another episode of the Sassanac Files where we talked about 106 Garrison Commander. Join us next time where we will talk 107 The Wedding. We are all so excited to talk about The Wedding. It's one of my favorites of season one. So can't wait to talk about that with you guys. As always, don't forget you guys can find us on social media on Facebook and Instagram. We are also available for you to contact via email at thesassanacfiles at gmail.com. Please reach out to us on social media. Let us know how we're doing. If there's a topic that you guys would love us to do a mini episode about, please let us know. Also, we are thinking about doing some book discussion episodes kind of on the side. So if that's something that you guys would be interested in, also please let us know in the comments on social media or shoot us an email. Until next time, guys, have a good one. Bye. Bye.